Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I'm a guy in my 30s now, but this happened about a decade ago, with the onset of Tinder and other swiping apps. I was new to the game, mostly just wanted to get some action, but totally naive and not realizing what kind of Pandora's box can be opened when meeting strangers online. I match with this cute girl, we flirt, message over a couple of days, and I get the vibe that she's DTF. We had plans for a few days out, but the day before... She booty texts me late at night. She says she's been drinking, sends some revealing texts, and invites me over to her house. It's late, and I'm definitely only thinking with the lower half of my body at this point. She sends me an address that's kind of in a sketchy part of town. Whatever, not my first shady booty call. I drive over, and as I get closer to this house, I text her to let her know that I'm here. It's a weird semi-developed neighborhood, and the house only looks partially finished. I do see a light on in the basement, but definite weird vibes. As I text her about the layout and confirming that I'm in the right spot, she tells me not to worry and instructs me to the back of the house where she's left the door open for me. I'm feeling a little off, but I'm obviously committed and rather horny. I get out of the car and I feel the most intense sense of dread that I've ever felt in my life. As I'm catching my bearings, I turn around to hear running from behind me, multiple sets of footsteps. My balls shrunk into ovaries at that point as I ran back to the car, opened the door, and flung myself back in. I was just able to lock the door when I see three figures, all wearing creepy, full-face masks, two of them banging on my doors and windows, one with a huge bat in the process of taking it to my windshield. Huge crack. I dropped the keys as I tried to start the car. I was absolutely petrified. I got the key in, turned the ignition, slammed on the gas. As I took off, I hit one of the guys with my side mirror as he fell to the ground with a plop. I almost ran into a street pole for my troubles. After recovering from my heart attack while driving, I raced home and spent the next 24 hours replaying the whole thing over and over again. I never told anyone in my circle about this. I made up a story about a deer hitting my car to explain the windshield. Guess I felt dumb and desperately wanted to pretend I wasn't really that gullible. But in actuality, I really was. And to this day, I'm just glad that I made it out of there. This was an experience I had alongside my BFF in high school. This was around 2006 in rural upstate New York. We had met in the third grade and are still friends to this day, both 27 now. Let me give you some background information. My friend, B, and I became instant friends when we met in third grade and were inseparable from that moment. We frequented each other's homes, so much so that her mom set up a guest room as my room. 
I had toys, clothes, pictures. I mean, everything that I needed was there. I was family. Pictures of B and I hung on the walls of her home, owned by her very proud mother, Shelly. Shelly always wanted two daughters and loved me so much that that's what she considered me, her second daughter. Now on to the meat of the story. Again, this incident took place when B and I were sophomores in high school. Her mother was divorced and dated a few different men, meeting some off sites like eHarmony. She had been speaking to a man for a few weeks, gushing about how manly and charming he was. She was really excited and always showed us their profiles before she decided to go on an actual date with one of these men. She always would say, I need my daughter's stamps of approval. One night, she called us to her room and showed us this man she had been talking all about. His profile was simple, as one would imagine for a middle-aged man in 2006. His headline read, Looking for a strong mother. I made a joke about this odd placement for caps and just how strange a way to start out, but we moved forward. It told of his metalwork background, his love of cold steel, and his work in a foundry that kept his icy heart just warm enough. I was honest and told her that it sounded off, but he was handsome, sporting black, well-groomed hair, a beard, strong jaw, ice blue eyes, and relatively fit body for a 40-something-year-old male. I did stress on the weird vibe, though. B joked how Shelley always picked out the antisocial ones, and we laughed knowing this wasn't wrong. Shelley had brought home some weird stories, but what do you expect when meeting men online? We told her to go for it, so they planned on dinner. It was a haul for him, about a two-hour drive. He was driving to our location, where they would then take one car into town. B and I helped Shelley pick out her outfit, helped her with her hair and makeup, and then went back upstairs so she could have some time to herself before the long night. We headed upstairs where B and I were painting a wall in her room, just listening to music and cutting up. He just let himself in the house like no big deal, came on upstairs without saying a word. No knocking, no doorbell. The dogs didn't bark. Nothing. So we get spooked, jump and scream, nearly shit our pants a little when we hear a man start talking from behind us. We don't know how long he had been in the house. We don't know how long he stood behind us without speaking. But when he did speak, we shook. Well, well, well. I didn't know I was getting a two-for-one deal, he said quietly in a gravelly, low voice. He chuckled as we stood there in shock of the stranger in our presence. He sauntered over to us like a man on a Sunday walk. The smell of cigarettes filled the room as if Rod Serling himself was standing in the corner, explaining our situation to the audience for our own personal episode of The Twilight Zone. Right then, I noticed how much this guy looked like the guy in the pictures Shelley showed us, except he had salt and pepper, not jet black hair, and his eyes were not ice blue, but black. Not brown, black. It looked like this guy was 100% pupil. Are you... I was interrupted by Shelly shouting, Who got hurt? She must have thought we were horsing around and one of us got hurt. This was normal for us because we goofed around a lot. She was jolted at the sight of this man blocking her from us. 
He turned around just as soon as she reached the top of the stairs, held his arms out and said in a way less low tone than he used earlier, Shelly, you look beautiful. I knocked and no one answered. I hope it's okay I let myself in. These are your girls? They're beautiful. Just like their mommy. I'll never forget how he said, Mommy. It felt dirty. B and I both side-eyed each other and stepped down from our stepladders. We were both very in tune with each other. If I felt weird, I know she did. And we both felt the odd air of the room. Shelley glanced away from him and at us, who were behind him, looking at her with wide eyes, both kind of shaking our heads side to side in disbelief. Shelley looked back at him. This exchange only took a few seconds, but seemed like an eternity. She forced a smile at him and said, Oh, I'm sorry, next time just ring the bell. I'll come open the door. He nodded and walked towards her with open arms and hugged her like they had been the oldest of friends. She looked at us as they hugged and just kind of rolled her eyes to show what she thought of his excuse. She proceeded to tell him that it was not appropriate as she led him down the stairs and we heard him apologize over and over again. B and I instantly ran to our phones. We agreed to text her mom what he had just said to us so we could tell her without him knowing. We hit send and about 10 minutes later, we hear footsteps coming up the stairs. It was Shelly and she shut the door behind her, asking us if we we're okay. She hugged us and told us she was sorry he made us feel uncomfortable. She explained to us that he said we reminded him of his girls and he didn't mean to scare us. We nodded and then she said they were leaving out for the date. We hugged her tightly, said be safe, and we would see her soon. As she headed down the stairs, B and I looked at each other. We both knew that something wasn't right, but were both speechless from the good scare we received from this dark man just about 15 minutes prior. We heard them walking and talking, heading towards the front door a few minutes later. Shelly shouted up the stairs that she loved us. We yelled back that we loved her and then heard the door shut. We instantly started talking over each other, saying the same things. He laid that charm on so thick as soon as he saw mom, B exclaimed. And did you see his eyes? What the f was that? He looks so much like the guy from the pictures, but just not quite. We both ruminated on our shared feelings about the stranger, his scent, his demeanor, his voice. He was like something out of a classic Stranger Danger advert. Again, we agreed to text Shelly how we felt. She thanked us, told us the date seemed to be going well, and she would let us know that she was safe every hour. B and I were just freaked out, and even more so that Shelly was not. It was like a weird spell he cast on her. It was odd, but we wanted to think the best for Shelly as she was excited about the guy. She texted us every hour until she got home. Her last text said, I'm okay, but officially freaked out and coming home now, so I'll see you guys soon. We got freaked and paced around until we saw headlights pull into the driveway. It had been about five hours since she left and a painstaking hour since that last text. We were inside with the lights off watching through the side window, trying not to be seen when the motion sensor light flooded the yard and light fell onto the driveway. A truck flew into the driveway. The passenger side door flung open before the truck was even at a full stop, and Shelly's feet were on the pavement just as fast. She waved at the driver, 
kind of jogged to the door wide-eyed. She reached the front door, turned and waved the truck off. She had her house key ready in the hand that she wasn't waving with. She unlocked the door and slid inside the safety of the house. Keep the lights off. Let's go upstairs, Shelly said as she locked the two deadbolts, as well as the chain. Not once looking at us, by the way. We headed up the stairs behind her, walked into B's room and looked out the window, down at the truck, still in park out front with the lights on and engine running. As we all stared at the truck, Shelly told us of the ordeal that she had gone through. Long story short, he had made reservations at the wrong restaurant, so he suggested that we go buy some food and have a picnic-style dinner at a local park. Shelly didn't do well outdoors. She was an office woman, so she declined. However, he had just driven so long to get here, and then he hit her with, you kind of owe me, and Shelly said that made her feel bad, knowing he drove over two hours. So when he mentioned that he had a vacation home he could cook for her at close by, she agreed. She said they got to the house, and it was nice enough. Log cabin near Bethel, New York, only about 30 minutes from our town. Shelly said he kept talking about how easy it was to get her alone. He also kept saying he liked strong mommies, because they have such fight. But she caved. This made her skin crawl. This wasn't the man she thought it was. This also wasn't the man in the picture, and Shelly started to slowly realize this. Shelly then said that she asked for a ride home due to her feeling ill. He wasn't the happiest, but he complied and stopped cooking and started to look for his keys, the ones that she knew were in his pocket the entire time. He then started asking her about our girls, referring to myself and B. This freaked Shelly out so bad that she told him that she was going to have someone come and get her, and that he didn't like that, instantly finding his keys after that. Once they were out of the house and in the truck, the truck wouldn't start, so they had to move to his work truck. Shelly was visibly shaken and wouldn't take her eyes off the truck in the driveway as she spilled the story out. She said that there was a garage that he said they had to walk around the house to get into, and that his work truck would be there. She said she felt she had no choice but to play it cool and just agree to go. She hopped out, walked around the house, and there was indeed another garage with a truck in it. The same truck we were all currently staring at, just sitting in the driveway. It smelled like bleach and metal, Shelly whispered. She told us on the way home he kept asking about us. What did we do that she didn't like? What got us spankings? What were the naughty things we got in trouble for? What would she do without us? And the one question to scare you out of your pants as a parent, would you sacrifice yourself for our girls? Shelly said she stared at him in awe and disbelief, and then he just laughed. She got more and more concerned as she noticed her surroundings in the back of the truck that she was riding home in. There were what she thought were chains and a bucket sitting on the back floor, a duffel bag and a very large metal object that she wasn't quite sure of. This is when he started to pull out pictures on his little flip phone that he had of us. He must have found Shelly's Facebook and he took pictures of our pictures and had them on his phone, waving it around telling Shelly what a good strong mommy she had been to us. 
and she should be proud of what she had accomplished. By this time, they were pulling into the driveway, and Shelly was done with his shit. She was just about finished with her story when we saw the truck lights turn off. Shelly immediately picked up the phone and dialed the sheriff, and told him quickly there was an unwelcome person outside of the home. Being in such a small town, the sheriff not only went to school and graduated with Shelly, but only lived three doors down. Just as we see this guy getting out of his truck with the duffel bag, we saw the sheriff whip up behind him. This man panicked and literally threw his duffel into his truck and tried to back into the sheriff to get out. When he realized he was blocked from the rear, he went through the yard. We couldn't believe our eyes. The truck peeled out, taking some of the lawn with it. The sheriff came to the door to check on us and told us he had units down the road waiting for the guy. We all shared a good collective cry and rejoiced in our safety. It did, however, create some paranoia issues in the next couple of weeks due to the fact we didn't know how long he was in the house when he just let himself in. Did he put cameras anywhere? Did he mess with food in the house to hurt someone? I mean, it was bad, but we did work through it. We never heard anything about him getting caught, and we did occasionally receive eerie messages on Facebook, two of which we knew were him, but we put that out of our minds. Haven't heard anything from or about him since about three months after this incident, when the last message was received. It's been about 16 years since the incident, but we still talk about it when we can. So old dude from eHarmony, let's never, ever meet again. This story of mine genuinely has me creeped out. It happened about nine years ago, and sometimes it'll randomly pop into my mind. But it always succeeds in giving me the shivers. So I was on an adult dating site, one of the fetish types. I know, don't judge me. I was just looking for some fun. Anyway, I was stupid and gave out more information than I should have. I was chatting with a guy, and he asked me at some point, what did I do for work? At the time, I was working at McDonald's, so I told him. He asked which one, to which I stupidly told him which one. We chatted off and on. We hadn't been chatting for too long as I remember, but I had also stupidly given him my phone number at some point. He would talk about how he wanted to meet me on my break and have some fun on my break. I told him no thanks. I don't bring my lifestyle to my job. Gotta keep some level of separation, right? Anyway, I checked my messages just before I was due to clock out of work. Luckily, I did. He mentioned that he was at my job and told me what he had ordered. I think it was a Big Mac meal, by the way. I was like, um, okay, well, don't expect me to do anything with you because I'm not interested. He then got upset and told me that he wasn't accepting the fact that I wasn't interested. I was scared because I had sent him a face picture of myself, but... I had never received one from him, so I didn't even know who to be scared of. I really wasn't interested in this at this point. Now I had to thank my stars that I hadn't told him my work schedule, so he didn't know that I was about to clock out. So, after clocking out, I told one of my managers that I was on a dating site, and some guy just showed up to work. I have no idea what he looks like, and that I was going to hang out in the back in the break room for a bit. She didn't judge me, and was just like, Oh, okay. 
I waited about half an hour before I left. I didn't have a car at the time and had to walk home, so I was afraid the whole way that he would see me and try to snatch me up into his car. Once again, luckily, no one followed me, so I did find myself in the clear. I don't remember if I instantly blocked him or if he just never messaged me, but I never heard from that guy again. I don't know if this really counts as all that creepy, but it does creep me out that some random person just decided that he would show up to my job and expect me to want to meet up with him. So yeah, now I just give vague responses as to where I work. I don't work in the same town I live in, so it would be hard to pinpoint my exact location. This experience opened my eyes and made me much more aware of the information that I give out to strangers. So, creepy guy, the one that I don't even know what you look like, let's never meet.